0: I'm grateful to all of you for being here tonight. Turn to someone and say, he's talking about you. <laughs> and I'm thankful that you're here. Sometimes sermons are preached and people in our culture think, ah, this isn't for me. So they just get up and leave. I wouldn't do that to you if you came for counseling. I'd say, excuse me, and then leave. And the people, you would say, where's Pastor Mike? Well, he went home. I wouldn't do that to you. Rather, take whatever God says in his word and take it at face value. It's meant for us, and it's not, we don't get to pick and choose. This isn't Burger King, but he's the king of kings. Come on, let's give him a hand of praise. You know, when you say, not my will be done, but your will be done, that is exactly what will get you into heaven. But when you say, not thy will, but my will be done, that's exactly what will get you into hell. Because everyone in hell didn't want God's will. They want their will. So tonight, do not allow the enemy to tempt you in any way and say, this isn't really for you. Trust me, it's for you and it's for me. And I want to bless all of you. Tonight, we're going to talk about the benefits of having a friend, the benefits of friendship. Jesus said in the New Testament, it's not good for you to be alone. And that's what he meant. It's not good for you to be alone. And he also said, if any two on earth agree as touching anything, it shall be done for them. That was Matthew 18. And then in Matthew 19, he said, I'm sorry, in Amos, he says, how can there be agreement if two walk together? How can there be agreement unless they agree with one another? God is interested in relationship, and he sent his son to die on the cross and to come down here to this earth so that he could have a relationship with you. God literally wanted a relationship with you, and we were so far away from God in sin that he sent his son to be sacrificed on Calvary's cross, and that opened up the opportunity for us and the way for us to have a relationship with God. That's why we say, our Father, when we say the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven. And we say, hallowed be thy name. So we're gonna look at tonight the importance of what God meant when he wanted each of us to have friendships. It's found in Ecclesiastes chapter four, verses nine through 12. He says, two can accomplish more than twice as much as one. For the results can be much better. If one falls, the other pulls him up. But if a man falls when he is alone, he's in trouble. Also on a cold night, two under the same blanket gain warmth from each other. But how can one person be warm alone? And one standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three is even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Our culture does not encourage this. Our culture, our society encourages you to be alone, you to be a recluse, you to be get away from everyone so that we can focus on our own. So we don't need to focus on ourselves. We need to focus on the God that created us and everyone else he created. So my first question tonight is who would choose to be lonely? Who in their right mind would choose to be lonely? You know what? Get out. You know what? I don't need you. Get out of my face. Who would choose to be lonely? That's something we need to look at. These verses that we just read are not making reference to singles, but also to those who choose to be lonely. And I caution you against that. Listen to what I say. These scriptures, they come against isolation, segregation, and separation. Those are Satan's instruments. If he can isolate you from the crowd, if he can separate you, if he can segregate you, he will attack you because you have no one to defend you. And God is not about us being alone. God is about us being in fellowship with one another. So they battle against being unaided and without help. And people who choose to be alone cry out against trying to go it single-handed. We don't need to be heroes or heroines. We don't need to do anything single-handed. That's not God's way. Is somebody hearing me tonight? That's not God's way. So these verses speak out about seclusion. They speak out about bitterness. They speak out about divorce. Surely those things happen. But that's not the end of the story. That doesn't have to be the thing that... We put our signature on that displays who we are. That's not us, but they do happen. They come out against anything that would encourage loneliness. These verses are totally in support of companionship. We need each other. I'm not gonna say it's 24-7, but we do need each other. Sometimes you need someone to tell you, you know what, man? You're not living for God right now. You need to get back in the Word or I hear you complaining a lot, or you're bitter a lot. We need someone that loves us enough to tell us that. And then we're not, what, are you judging me? Yes, I'm judging you, okay, get over it. You need to grow up. There are advantages to friendship. Who would say amen to that? And there's advantages to cooperating with others. Life, life that God gave us is designed for companionship. That's the way God made us. Not isolation, but for intimacy and not loneliness. Some people prefer isolation, thinking that they cannot trust anyone. Stop that. Who can you trust? You better learn how to trust other people because you're not the only one in this world. And everything that we're getting on the Internet is not always true. How people that got away from everyone made it. Again, that's not God's way. That's Satan's way. We're not here on this earth to serve ourselves. However, we are here to serve God and to serve others. Yes, I did say that, to serve others. So don't go it alone. Don't isolate yourself. Seek companions. Be a team member. If someone said they drew a circle to keep me out, I drew a big, bigger circle to include them all in. Don't let people dictate how you're gonna live your life. You were not meant to be alone. Racism, prejudice, you know, people who throw guilt at you all the time, people wanna keep you down. We don't need negative people like that, but we can still be there to help them. We need to have a good friend, somebody we can love, someone we can trust, someone that when you tell them your problem, they don't run and go tell homegirl or homeboy, you tell them your problem, And they say, let's pray. Right here in Target, right here in Target. Come on, let's pray. (laughs) Right here in Oak Ridge, in the food court, right here. Well, they're going to think we're weird. Who cares what they think? What does God think? Give God a hand of praise. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this next statement. Well, you don't understand, Pastor Mike, because they hurt me. They offended me. Hear it from Pastor Mike. If you live long enough long enough in this world, you will be offended. And especially from those you never thought would offend you. But someone's gonna offend you. They're gonna not look at you, or they're gonna look at you funny. They're gonna say something that doesn't set with you, or they're not gonna say anything. We need to develop tough skin. Okay? Not everyone's against us. And you have to believe, you have to believe that the Lord God is always watching you. He's always taking care of you. He, he knows how many hairs you have on your head. And that's a statement that doesn't mean if you got long hair, it means that God is watching every little detail about you, regardless of who you are. But it's ironic, and I agree, that oftentimes the one's that are the closest to us are the ones that can hurt us the most. You're going to be hurt. It's not the end of the world. We're not Barbies. (laughs) We're real people. Not everyone's going to like you. Turn to someone and say, see, I told you he was going to say that. (laughs) The Bible says, if everyone likes you, beware. Some people say, I heard your sermons and I didn't, didn't do anything for me. I go, okay. Come next week. I'll try again. <laughs> we do get hurt in relationships. I'll admit that. If you don't get hurt in a relationship, you're not in a relationship. <laughs> They're going to say something and it's going it's to cut. But. God created you, and He created the brother or sister that you're offended with. And He loves you both the same. Now, relationship is a very important word to God. He is all about relationships. He won't allow us to offer Him a gift in hopes of strengthening our relationship with Him if He's aware we've broken our connection with someone else. Should I repeat that? Yes. He won't allow us to offer Him a gift in hopes of strengthening our relationship with him if he is aware we have broken our connection with someone else. I worship you, Lord. And he says, but, but you won't talk to him or you won't talk to her. Oh, but you're my God. Well, how can you worship the one you never see and not talk to the one that you do see? I better keep going, huh? <laughs> you, can talk, you cannot talk to God and not talk to your brother or sister. He won't allow it. And that's what's different about Christianity. You cannot talk to God and not talk to your brother or sister because God won't allow it. Where do you find that? In Matthew 5, 23 and 24, the Bible says this. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. Leave it there. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift to God. So why would our savior die on the cross so you can be lonely, you can be secluded, you can isolate or segregate, and you don't have to talk to anyone else? Why would he do that? Don't you know that we're gonna be with each other in heaven? Wait a minute, weren't you the one at Cathedral that sat on the other side because you didn't want anything to do with me? What are you doing here? We cannot get away from each other, can we? No matter where you go, hey, aren't you Pastor Mike? I go, okay, you got me. Because <laughs> sometimes they just stare. And I'll go, so what, what did, you, did you need some? We, aren't you Pastor Mike? I'm actually his brother. <laughs> no, I'm Pastor Mike. I thought so. See, I told you that's Pastor Mike. Other people, I was in a pizza place on... Um, or the Alameda, and somebody saw me when he got up, and he goes this loud, Pastor Mike. Come on, bro. (laughs) You didn't need to do that. I want you to look at this statement. There are four rewards for companionship, and the first one is synergy. Say that with me. It smacks of pride when you don't want help. Forget this, I did it my way, forget that. I've even known people who want that sung at their funeral. You didn't do anything your way. You didn't create yourself. You think you just showed up on earth and you were God's gift to women? God created every single one of us. Let's praise him for doing such a good job. And it reeks of arrogance when you want the credit for having done something all by yourself, and then you complain about how tired you are and how long it took you. When people work together, there is synergism that takes effect. Synergy is a combination of independent elements working collectively to obtain a higher level of achievement than all of them could working individually. Stop doing everything by yourself, and then complaining about it. Start getting people involved with yourself. The sad thing, when I do funerals, and someone's in their 80s or 90s, there's hardly anyone there at the, at the mortuary when we do the funeral, because all their friends have died. And it is sad when someone's family doesn't want anything to do with them, and they're in a, what they call an old folks home, and no one comes to visit them. You know, if you're lonely and no one wants to talk to you, I would encourage you to go to them places like that where elderly people are and just shake their hand, just sit down and talk to them, pray for them, be nice to them. And maybe they'll say, hey, aren't you, don't you go to Pastor Mike's service? And go, yes, I do. And then be nice to them. You know why? Because there I go before the grace of God. There you go before the grace of God. No, everybody's going to pay attention to me. I don't think so. From childhood on, men and women are oriented to seeing their world in terms of achievement, while women see their world in terms of relationships. Each has its advantages and disadvantages, but because women are more in touch with the emotions on which relationships are based, and because they expect one day to be alone, that is, without an intimate partner, women... Usually develop better friendship forming skills. Women usually develop better friendship forming skills. I'll try it again. Women usually develop better friendship forming skills. Come on. Oh, ladies, that is the best you can (laughs) do. Women usually develop better friendship forming skills. Come on. Are you mad? No. You're not mad. Yes, I am. You're not mad. And they poke you. Don't poke me. (laughs) But what do guys do? Women go to the store. They see a lady with a baby. Oh, my God. How old's the baby? Oh, I just had it a few weeks ago. Oh, my God. What's the baby's name? And then they're talking. By the time they get to the cash register, they've exchanged phone numbers and email addresses and they're friends. And they talk in the parking lot. Guys. Yeah, that's all. And they pay for it and they walk out. We don't look at anyone. We don't talk to anyone. Why? And if you're Mexican, you see each other and go. And if you're white, you look at each other and go. And if you're black, you look at each other and go. Are we good? <laughs> we need to look at people. Hi, how are you doing? What are you smiling at? I'm smiling at you because you look funny. You know, we just need to get off of this mad-dogging people. God did not create us to mad-dog anybody. If you want to mad-dog someone? Go mad-dog a pit bull and see how they like it. Be friends. Be friendly. Be friendly. Talk to people, hi, how are you, what's your name? If you didn't hear him, don't walk away, because when you see him again, you remember my name? Isn't it rigamarole? I never said that. <laughs> Ask them, what, I didn't catch your name. Ask them again, what's your name? And then repeat their name. Hi, because when I go somewhere and people say, who are you, I go, I'm Pastor Mike. Well, I don't know what he said, because <laughs> you're not used to that. They expect me to be wearing a tie or something. They don't expect me to be looking like this. And so I said, I don't think you heard my name. And then grip their hand. Look them in the eye. Don't give this washcloth handshake or this dead fish handshake. That doesn't cut. Be like women. Start talking to everybody. Make friends. Get as much information as you can. See if you want to get closer to them. There's different levels of friendship, which I'll talk about later. But from childhood on, we're oriented to seeing our world in terms of achievement. That's not important for us, okay? So I'm gonna ask you these questions Do you place much more importance on goals than on relationships? Do you seek to achieve your goals at all costs and are unconcerned with others' needs or what other people think of you? You're unconcerned, it doesn't matter. Do you assume that conflicts are settled by one person winning and the other person losing? Do you want to win because it gives you a sense of pride and achievement? Does losing leave you with a sense of weakness, inadequacy, and failure? Do you try to win by attacking, overwhelming, and intimidating? Let's look at this word. The next word under four rewards for companionship, the second word is encouragement. Have any of you, is there anyone here that has never needed to be encouraged? You've never needed it? (laughs) I know, it's not your fault. She told you, you better raise your hand. (laughs) Okay, here's the next question. And even if you haven't, just do this for me so I can keep preaching. Have you ever just blown it royally? Yeah? Yeah? If somebody next to you has and they didn't raise their hand, point at them right now, please. (laughs) (laughs) Ever needed a friend because you made a mess of something? A friend is there to pray for us and to suggest a better way of doing something. We are responsible to also be encouraging and to be strengthening others. So often so many of us are rather adept at demolition, tearing down, ripping apart, and leaving others without hope. One day, God was looking down at earth, and he saw all the evil that was going on, and he decided to send an angel down to earth to check it out. So he called one of his best angels, and he sent the angel to earth for a time. And when the angel returned, She told God, yes, it is bad on earth. 95% is bad and only 5% is good. Well, God thought for a moment and said, maybe I had better send down a second angel to get another point of view. So God called another angel and sent her to earth for a time too. And when the angel returned, she went to God and told him, yes, the earth was in decline. 95% was bad and 5% was good. And God said, this is not good. So he decided to email the 5% that were good. He wanted to encourage them and give them a little something to help them keep going. Do you know what that email said? You didn't get it either, huh? Mm. You'll get it tonight at 10 o'clock before you go to bed. Encourage. It's not going to cost you anything. Encourage. But learn how to accept a compliment. That looks good. Oh, this? I've had it for 45 years. and, (laughs) And it fits again. Good night. I like your hair. Oh, this? It's a wig. Your eyelashes look so good. Oh, one of them's loose. I have to go back and glue it. If someone encourages you, learn how to accept it. If they say to you, that looks so nice. Oh, do you remember Kohl's? I got this at Kohl's or Mervyn's. No one asked. They just say it looks nice. Just say thank you and accept that. Learn how to be encouraged by others, but learn how to be an encourager. There's enough what they're calling Karens in this world who want to divide and get us to turn hostile towards each other. That is not the ways of the God that we serve. Give him a hand of praise. When we look at warmth, which is the next word, in Solomon's day, it was not uncommon for travelers to huddle together to keep warm at night. And the application for today is human warmth, especially since here we go. You and I can be so cold. That's not my problem. Really? It's not my problem. How many of you have seen somebody do that? It's not my problem. Parents doing it with their kids. Brothers doing it with each other. Sisters doing that. How about this one? She should have known better. It's not my fault. How about this one? It serves them right. Really? Would you like it if they said that about you? There's not one person in this room that doesn't want a better life, that doesn't want more friends, that would give anything to be invited to be part of the group. And we should be providers of a warm atmosphere for others to join. If you notice, when an animal is dying or is dead, the vultures circle the top. The ravens circle around. Do you know that black bears and brown bears, grizzlies, they follow the ravens. When I would give retreats to the junior high kids, I understood the principle that Jesus left the 99 to go looking for the one. And while everyone's around, Pastor Mike, all the kids, and we're having a good time and we're all laughing and just having a great time, I look at the horizon to see where the vultures are circling because there's one child, a junior high kid, that's back there like this. They didn't even feel like anyone likes them. No one's talking to them. I leave the group and I go and get that one and I bring that one back into the group. We need to be warm people. Come on. So when you're getting together, Even after church ends tonight, when you're getting together and you're talking with each other and you're laughing, if somebody's standing there and they're just waiting for you to finish, just say, excuse me, can I help you? Create a warm atmosphere because I would never want anyone to say, I would love to hear you preach, Pastor, but I won't come to your church because no one talks to me. We all stick in our own little group, us four and no more, and we just walk out. We don't say hi to anyone. We don't even say hi to the people that are seated next to us because that's not our group. What kind of a church are you? Shake their hands, say hi to them. If you don't remember names, write their name down because they'll love it when next time you see them, you say, Reggie, right? How you doing? Oh man, they love it when you remember their name. So become warm. Some groups are not inclusive, they're exclusive. They don't want others to be a part of what they have. And that displays a low self-esteem, selfishness, and greed. And those are not character traits of the God that we serve. Can we give him a hand of praise? The last word is strength. Someone told me that they were going to have a surgery. And I told them that I had a surgery. It was the only time in my life I've ever been in a hospital. And I didn't like hospitals. I didn't wanna go visit people in the hospital. And now I was in a hospital and I had a surgery and I told this person, the surgery's nothing, bro. He goes, what do you mean? I go, oh, they're very serious, trust me. But you don't feel anything, you're out. They're working on your body and then they put you on a gurney and wheel you into a room. It's not the surgery that's hard, it's the recovery. That's what takes a long time. Maybe you got a brace on your neck and you can't turn. When, when I was in the hospital, the nurses wrote on the, on the little chalkboard in the room, do not let him suffer. And so when I got out of surgery, they sent me home with something that I didn't even know of, and it was called oxyconda <laughs> And I took those, and I was feeling no pain. And then they ran out, and so I called my doctor and said, I need you to refill this and They go, oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. And they gave me a degree lower. It was called Percocet. And so I was taking Percocet. And they were working. And then people started to come visit. And when they come in, I would sit there and do this. And you see this look on me all the time. (laughs) And they'd say, how you doing? And I'd say, I'm high. And they would look at Linda and go, and she go, yeah, he's high. That's what he just told you, he's high. Because <laughs> I was. I didn't get to stay on Percocet, then they gave me something else and something else that keeps decreasing. But when I was recovering, I appreciated that people came that, were, that knew me and stuff would come and greet me. And then when I came back to church, And that big event that you had with everyone holding up signs, welcome back, Pastor Mike. And I was just so amazed and so surprised because I told Linda, I go, "Um, I'm going back to work. She goes, no, because they want you to take off for three months. And it was two months. I go, but babe, I'm just sitting here. I could sit in my office. And she didn't like it, but I came back, and I was just sitting in my office. So then... When she said, so-and-so's in the hospital, I'd say, I'll go see him. Because I was in the hospital, and I know what that's like. I've never been arrested. I've never been in jail. But what if someone was, and then they come out, and they feel like, nobody wants to talk to me. What if I've stopped being an addict, and I've changed or wanting to become better? What if I've already lost my third marriage and I'm not feeling sociable? You know, you never know what he or she is going through. And we're not there to judge, but you don't know what they're going through. But when you greet someone and you give them strength and encouragement and you show them love, people so appreciate it so much. So when we fall into trouble, we need the help of our friends. Have you ever needed help? Have you ever been so confused or afraid that you didn't know how you were going to get out of the jam you were in? Trouble may be bad, but it won't be detrimental if others join with me until the trouble is over. And if just just one person would recommend that we would invite Jesus into our situation, I just know my dilemma is going to turn out to be okay. Can we give our God a hand of praise? As I said, I don't know what is troubling you. I don't know what you're hurting from. A pastor told me everyone has a pain somewhere in their body. Could be physical, could be emotional, could be financial. But this is the time that pastor allows you to say to him, I just want to let you know that I know that you already know. But I need your help again. And so, while they sing, while they sing, and while Pastor Jeremy comes out to sing us in a, a song of worship, go ahead and circle up in groups of three or four. Not groups of 19, groups of three or four. You really want me to do that? Yeah, go ahead. And pray for one another while they give us the worship. Go ahead.
1: This is a house of healing. Our hearts are full. feet of Jesus everything in the name of Jesus come on church let's sing it one more time with those hands lifted come on and come alive in the name of Jesus this is a house we bring we bring we bring everything
0: Thank you so much, those of you that stayed. Thank you, those of you that prayed. And thank you, those of you that are kind. Learn to smile more. You'll attract more people as long as you smile. Learn to say, is there something I can pray with you about? Sometimes we just listen to people and say, hey, be well fed, keep warm, we'll see you, huh? Can I pray for you? I'm telling you, the closer you get to Jesus, he said, if any two on earth agree as touching anything, it shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. And if God, if God were to open our eyes and show us how many men, how many women, how many teenagers and children are lonely, it would surprise us. Don't wait till you become alone Spend the time getting as close as you can to other people. You represent Jesus. I represent you. God bless you.